0: So again, my name's Hayden Ratner, I'm the senior pastor here at Walk, and I just wanna say I'm so glad that I'm spending Christmas Eve with y'all tonight. Let's go, we in here together. And if you're online, so glad that you joined us as well, and I wanna invite you even to share this right now. Leave a comment, hit a subscribe. Merry Christmas, amen? Well, we're in this series that we've titled The Colors of Christmas. For the past three weekends here at Walk Church, we've talked about a color of Christmas, and then we put that color under the microscope and really under the Bible, and and talked about what this color means for our lives and how we can get to Jesus from it. The first week, we talked about blue, and I gave my best Elvis impersonation, right? Maybe today you're feeling a little bit blue on this Christmas season. You you don't have the cheer. You don't have the bright uh, Christmas spirit, but I want to remind you even back then, as I did a few weeks ago tonight, it still remains true, That Jesus wants to be the wonderful counselor to guide you through your blueness. He wants to be the mighty God to meet you in your grieving. He wants to be the everlasting father if you're missing your father. He wants to be the prince of peace today if you feel like you lack peace. Good news. Great joy for you through Christ, amen? Christmas is about making a blue Christmas much brighter, and that's my prayer for you tonight. We talked about a red Christmas a couple weeks ago and how love came down, amen? How how really the message of Christmas is a red-hot passion from God for you. (laughs) That's so wild, right, that God loves us so much he would even send his son on a love mission. He he came with a love message, a love note. I mean, maybe you kind of imagine like middle school. You wrote yourself a little note. You're like, hey, I love you, boo, right? Well, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm coming on a mission with a love letter myself for you because he wants to know you. He, He wants you to know him, and he wants you to have a relationship, and that's what red Christmas is all about. It's about God sending his son because he loves you. Last week, we talked about a green Christmas, And how Christmas is not a time to be selfish. Christmas is a time to be generous. And Christmas is surrounded by green, right? Green trees and uh, green Grinches, but a lot of green money flying around everywhere, amen? But really, the message of Christmas is not about what you can get, but about what you can give, what you can receive, what you can be a part of. And we talked about how in the book of Corinthians, it says God loves a cheerful giver, right? God loves a A generous giver and so maybe this year you would think okay I'm not just gonna focus on me I'm gonna focus on the person next to me I'm gonna focus on the people that God's put in my life and how I can be generous to them generous to this church it's been so cool to see so many people even tonight coming up just saying hey I feel like God moved in my life I feel like I'm more generous like I love a brother just came up to me right before the service he said man uh, uh, someone gave me a $30 bonus and I tithed off it and I was excited to. I was like, praise God, amen? You know, like w- the Lord is in it and he's making us a, m- a more generous people. All right, so if you got all that, say, I got it. Got all right, so go ahead and give me a drum roll, please. Give me a drum roll, please. We'll go ahead and just, come on, give me a better drum roll. That's like a little golf clap. Give me a drum roll, please. All right, come on, the, the, the color for tonight is white. Yeah, we're talking tonight about a white Christmas, if you didn't guess it already, by my attire, I've been trying to match the color every single week. I didn't have a ton of white because I always get it dirty too quick, um, but tonight, <laughs> I thought it was funny too, uh, but tonight we, we made it here, and there's there's a lot of things that come to my mind when I think about a white Christmas. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think white Christmas, but maybe there's a few things that are on this screen right here that might make you think of White Christmas, maybe it's the, it's the snow that's glittered around the screen and the snowflakes coming down. I personally have like a love-hate relationship with snow. Uh, growing up here in Las Vegas, didn't see snow much at all unless we made the occasional field trip to Mount Charleston. Come on, somebody, right? And then you just you know, you know get, get up there and then get right back, all right? Uh, but God, in his humor, relocated me to Erie, Pennsylvania, Ah, uh, for college, where I was playing college basketball, and there it starts snowing around Thanksgiving and stops around Easter. All right, so I got really familiar with snow, and um, I, uh, after trudging through all those days with my big North Face coat and boots on, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna retire my snow days, and get back to Vegas. Can I get an amen, right? Uh, but maybe you're thinking of a, a, a white Christmas, and that would kind of be fun, right, if we had some snow. It, it's very rare here, but actually two years ago, we did have some snow around the Christmas season in 2019. Uh, maybe you think of white trees because you kind of bougie like that, right? Uh, Nina and I were having dinner with some of our friends the other day, and uh, we were making uh, custom ornaments, and they were all colorful and like, all types of stuff on them. And I was like, oh, you got to put one of those on their tree. And they're like, nah, we got the white tree. We don't mess with that. It's very polished. And I respected it, all right? Um, but maybe you that's what you think. of. We got to do our white tree. Or maybe you're kind of like me or my six-year-old who would dump the hot cocoa and say, can you refill the marshmallows, please? Right? Uh, you got to get loaded up on the white marshmallows. Oh, come on. How about a brand new all-white pair of Air Force Ones? All you high school moms know, like, okay, that's what my kid wanted I was in the shoe store this week, and this mom came charging in. She's like, I need Air Force Ones! And they they were like, <laughs> like she was looking for a Turbo Man doll or something. They were like, it ain't here, sister, right? But maybe you're looking for those. I pulled out my all Air, white Air Force Ones tonight just to be a part of the moment. I know you can't have them to put under your tree, all right? Unless you really want them, I'd love to bless you. All right, um, Snoopy, maybe you're thinking of a Charlie Brown Christmas, and how Linus came up and gave the real meaning for Christmas and told the Christmas story, it was so uh, powerful. Or, come on, you gotta have room for Kevin McAllister on Christmas. He gotta clap, really? Right, we love Home Alone here at Walk Church, but this scene right here is especially funny because right? he gets up there and he's in the bathroom, he's home alone, he made his family disappear, and all of a sudden in the background this song comes on. Do y'all know the song? Come on, can we put it on? If you know the song, we're gonna put it on. If you know it, just go ahead and sing it with me. Come on, every. I'm dreaming of a white. Come on, Christmas just like, just like the one I used to. Just go ahead and find it, find that feeling. Do we do we know the next verse? merry and
1: bright.
0: Ram- All right, come on, cut the music. I forgot the lines. Okay. I like the part that goes, oh, why, 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 <laughs> All right, we're back, we're back, okay? We're having fun at Christmas Eve service tonight. Maybe you're thinking of all these different things when it comes to a white Christmas and we're having fun with the color, but I just wanted to tell you tonight that when it comes to a white Christmas, that really and truly, Christmas is not about any of these things, though they may add to the season and make it a little bit fun, Uh, The the white Christmas that we're talking about tonight is far better, is far bigger, and is worthy of our attention. Let's go back to the first ever Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1, and let's visit our friends Joseph and Mary and the angel that appeared to them on that first ever Christmas season. If you're there by way of screen, say, I'm there. There. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Ready. Okay, let's look at it in verse 18. Here we go. Matthew chapter 1. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, another word to say, engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the verse I really want to focus on tonight. Verse 21 is so good. It says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name. Say it with me. Jesus. Come on, let me. She shall call his name. Jesus. Come on, one more time. Bear a son, and you shall call his name. Jesus. I just want to make sure we got the name right. For he will save his people from their sins. The, the real message of Christmas is contained and packaged and wrapped up in verse 21. That Mary will bear a son and, and Joseph will have the honor to bestow this name upon him, Jesus. And he will save his people from, from their sins. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that, God, that this message right here has been so helpful for me. And God, I pray that tonight there would be somebody in the room, whether they're already a Christian or whether they're just far from you tonight but made it in, or maybe they stumbled upon this online service, that tonight would be the night that they experience Christmas in a real way. That the message of Christmas would, would jump off the screen and right into their heart, and they'd be forever changed, and we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, when it comes to a white Christmas, this is the the primary focus of what we're talking about. It's the reality that Jesus saves people from their sins. Now, maybe you would think, why is that such a big deal? And hey, maybe today, what's wrong with sin? Why are you picking on sin, right? Well, sin is actually out to destroy you. If you didn't realize it, sin always overpromises, always underdelivers always makes you stay longer than you wanted to, always makes you pay more than you wanted to pay, right? Sin will maybe satisfy for a moment but make you feel really worse a lot later. Sin is not your friend. Sin is not your family. But sin is your nature. And that's something that you have to deal with. Praise God that Jesus comes down on a rescue mission from heaven to save us from our sins. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about sins. 700 years before this message was declared to Joseph in his dream, there was a declaration of it declared through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter one. I want you to look at this verse on the screen with me. Isaiah chapter one, the Lord speaks this prophetically. He says it like this. He says, come now, let us reason together. I love how God is saying, hey, I would love to set up a Starbucks meeting with you and let's just work it out. I mean, maybe you have beef with God tonight. Work it out. Do some business with God. He says, let's reason together. I would love to set up a meeting. He says, come. Did you know that God is He's welcoming you with a, come and, come and sit with me. Come and talk to me. Let's reason together. Says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like The, The true meaning of Christmas is having the scarlet stained sins that mark your life be cleansed and washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That you could say here today, I'm washed, I'm clean, I'm forgiven as white as snow. That there is not a blemish of sin on me, not because of me but because of everything he did for me. It's less about what I've done, it's all about what he's done, amen? Christmas is about forgiveness, right? If I could title this message, here's what I'll put it up on the screen. When it comes to a white Christmas, it's about finding forgiveness this Christmas. My my prayer for you is that you would be able to experience the greatest gift that God could give you, and that is the gift of forgiveness. The gift of being able to be forgiven. The, the, the thought that you might wake up tomorrow with zero presence underneath your tree, but the reality that you're forgiven. Yeah. Well, right. It causes you to run outside of your house like Scrooge at the end of his movie where he's like, I don't even care. I'm not, I'm not haunted by ghosts anymore of my past. I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm free. That's my prayer for you tonight. And, and, and if you're a Christian in the room tonight, we, we actually have a, a, a problem and it's the problem of forgetfulness. Tonight, if you've grown stale or cold to the reality of God's forgiveness, oh, I pray that that match gets relit in you and you have an awe again. You have a, wow, I'm forgiven? Do you even know me? And that might spark a deeper desire for worship and a hunger for God. Finding forgiveness, This. Christmas. I want to talk to you about it from uh, the scriptures a little bit more, and hopefully there might be some stuff that helps you. Let, let's start with the, the person of Jesus, because that really is what it's all about. Uh, as we jump back into Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, I want you to see a couple things about this verse. It says that she will bear a son, talking about the Virgin Mary, who was selected by God to do this great task. And then Joseph got a, a great task as well to name this son to go through with it to be obedient to even bear shame and doubt and confusion but he has this word from God you shall call his name Jesus now if I could just highlight this word Jesus it's so important that you know it because maybe tonight you would say you know what like I, I'm familiar with the name Jesus but isn't that a person like isn't, isn't Christ his last name Like, Jesus Christ, right? Like, my little boy said to me last night, he goes, hey, Dad, do you know Jesus Christ, right? I was like, yeah, 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 that Christ is his title. Christ means Messiah. Jesus, the one who saves. This name Jesus is so powerful. Let me go ahead and break down the name Jesus because I think if you can get familiar familiar with the name of Jesus, it might help you this season. Jesus, it's a Hebrew Aramaic name. It's translated as Yeshua, or even in the Old Testament as they translate the name Joshua, Yahshua. It's actually the same name that was bestowed upon Jesus that they gave this name Joshua, the one who's mighty in battle, the one who leads, this name Yahshua. It's actually the the, the root word of the Hebrew word Yahweh, Yeshua is salvation. I want you to, to hear this. Every time you say the name Jesus, you say prophetically, the Lord is my Savior. Yash, Yahweh, the Lord. Yah, Yeshua, Savior, salvation. Jesus, Yahshua, the Lord, Yahweh, is my Savior. That's such a powerful declaration, amen? When you say the name of Jesus, oh, that's dangerous. The enemy shrieks. Satan can't stand it. Because when you say Jesus, you say more than a name. You say a promise. You speak power. You, death and life are in the When you speak Jesus, you speak the name that's above every name. You are declaring the Lord is the Savior. So when the angel says, Joseph, I want you to name this baby. Like they were singing, Mary, did you know? She knew a whole lot of stuff, but she didn't know the name. Joseph did. Joseph was given this task to lead his family and to say, look, look, we're going to go through with this, and his name is going to be the Lord is Savior. What a name that was given to King Jesus, that, that he's going to save. Now, if we just stop there, that would be good, but come on, I think it even gets a little bit better, and I think it goes deeper than that, because if you're not careful, you could wind up A lot like the first century disciples, a lot like those there in the Bible who thought, okay, great, he's Jesus. The Lord is our Savior. He's going to save us from Herod. He's going to save us from Pontius Pilate. He's going to save us from this world. He's going to save us from death. He's going to save us from COVID. He's going to save us from political stuff. He's going to save us from you name it. But they missed it. Because there's more to the message that the angel gave to Joseph that night. Let's look at it a little bit deeper. Come on, verse 21. It says that you shall bear a son and call his name Jesus. Mary will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Don't stop that. Don't stop with the Lord my Savior. He's saving you from what? For he will save his people from their sins. The good news of Christmas is not just that we have a savior, it's that we have a savior from our sins. Like, if if it says, hey, look, good news is, hey, check this out, call him Jesus, he's gonna be the savior, and he's gonna save you from the Roman authorities. If you do some European history, right, Rome had a a came and went moment, like, there was something bigger, amen? something deeper, something stronger, something that was more powerful. It was this sinfulness in us that mars us and actually separates us from God. It says that Adam and Eve would walk with God in the cool of the day, that they had a personal tight-knit relationship with God the Father, Yahweh the Lord. But then sin crept its way in through the serpent and sin began to deceive Adam and Eve into rebelling and disobeying God. And the moment that they sinned, there was a breaker, there was a a podium, there was a boulder in the way that God was on one side, man was on the other side, and nothing could bridge that gap. No amount of money, no amount of good works, no amount of righteous deeds, not, not a GPA, not a specific sport, not enough follower. Nothing could bridge the gap to get you back right with God. One of the, my favorite lyrics of Christmas is, God and sinners reconciled. The word reconciled means brought back together. right? Christmas is about God saying, I'm tired of th- this gap between me and my people. Jesus, I need you to bridge it. I need you to leave heaven to bridge the gap, to die for the barrier that's in the way of my people, to cleanse them of their stains. What's good news is that Jesus commits, amen, that Jesus doesn't kick his legs up in heaven and say they should pay for their own sins, which he would have been righteous and just to do, amen? Right, like let's look at Romans chapter six, verse 23. Romans 6, 23, let's read it together, ready, set, go. For the wages of sin is death. Hold on, wait, 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 we gotta just pause right there. That's bad news, amen? Because everybody in this room is a sinner, and if you right now are thinking, I'm not a sinner, that just adds to your sin list. (laughs) You're more of a deceived sinner than you even realized. Like, you're really behind. The wages of the sin that's in your life, sin means to miss God's mark. God has painted a very clear bullseye mark. It's it's for him. It's his glory, it's his way, it's his word, it's his statutes, it's his commands, and what we've done is went, We're gonna do it a little bit off. We're not, did did God really say that? I mean, come on, we can change that a little. That's a little outdated, isn't it, right? All the different tricks of the devil are still the same today. Hey, Eve, did he really, I mean, you're not gonna really die. Like, he didn't really mean that, you know what I'm saying? Come on, Adam, you can do the same thing. It doesn't really, it's the same whispers crafted in religion to try to deceive the mark just enough to sin. Hey, it'll really, this will really fulfill you. Hey, just hold on to that. Hey, just go, just do that. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. And we miss God's mark and we invite sin. The problem is the devil doesn't tell you that that sin leads to death. It it led to his death because separation from the presence of God is the definition of death. When you think about hell, don't think about a fiery place with a devil with a pitchfork. Think about being separated from God for eternity. That's the scariest place on earth. Right? And today, God has given you everything that you need so that you can have an eternal relationship with him. Amen. I, I was just talking to our, our friends, um, Pastor Wes and, and his mom, Patty, and, and Jeannie, and um, our brother, Pastor Wes, his dad went home to be with the Lord last week. It was just really a challenging time, but his mom looked me right in the face. She said, what, how, how must it be to celebrate Christmas with Jesus? Like, he doesn't need a candle, <laughs> when you're there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The thing about that reality that that doesn't happen unless you're forgiven. Unless your wage has already been stamped as paid. Unless you can get there to that place and hear God the Father and hear God the Son and hear God the Holy Spirit say paid in full by the one who came to save them from their sins. Right, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Christmas is about God sending a gift, and his name, is, his name is Jesus. And he is the only one. Hear me, church. If there was another way, I promise you, I'd tell you. But he is the only one that can say, I'm the way to God. I'm the truth about God. I'm the life of God. And he says, I carry the name of God, that Jesus is the only one who can save. I was reading in this catechism called the Heidelberg Catechism. And a catechism really is just a, it's a fancy name that has to do with theology and, and doctrine. And you look at a catechism with questions you have for the Bible. And catechisms uphold all these different questions and try to try to give short and compact statements on theological issues. If you got all that, say, I got it. Let me give you question 29 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Why is the Son of God called Jesus that is a savior? Good question, fair question. Come on, can y'all just read this with me in your 1600s English? Because he saveth us and delivereth us from our sins, and likewise, because we ought not to seek, neither can find salvation in any other. So not only can Jesus save us, but he's the only one who can. Right, like, friend, don't argue like, man, why why Jesus got to be the only way? Praise God, there's a way. (laughs) Like, don't get mixed up like, man, dang, there's only one way. That's kind of closed-minded. I'll take that overnight, (laughs) right? Like, just show me the way. That's all I need. I just need one address. I don't need five different addresses. What's the address to heaven? J-E-S-U-S. What does that even mean? That means Yahweh saves. That's the name of Jesus. So you call upon the Son of God called Jesus who came down from heaven to save people, like, like, like you, like me, yes. Praise, praise God. This is the reality of what Paul wrote to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, it says there's one God. Everybody say one God. One God. And there's one mediator between God and men. Who is it? It's the man Christ Jesus that God had to send his son in the form of a man to mediate this. He's perfectly God, he's perfectly man. He's the only one that can do business with both. And Jesus never sinned. He who knew no sin became our sin in order to bring us back to God, in order to make us righteous. Because the reality is we've sinned so much that our clothes are no longer righteous. We, we, we don't look white as snow. I wanna even model this through an illustration, and I wanna do this by way of a scripture. I'm gonna put up a scripture out of Revelation chapter 12 up on the screen, and this scripture really is interesting. Um, This is a scripture of eternity to come, right? The apostle John gets this vision into heaven and he records what he sees. He says, I heard a loud voice in heaven. It gets a little loud, amen? Hey, if you're worshiping and it gets a little loud, hey, it's kinda heavenly, all right? heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. The name Satan in the Hebrew means the accuser. The, The greatest power that the devil has over you is the ability to accuse you. So the moment that you get forgiven, his accusations are done. The moment you receive Jesus, which is why he's going to try his hardest to get you to not receive Christ, is because he doesn't have anything more to accuse you of. Doesn't mean he won't try. But the reality is that the devil hates what you're doing, hates that God loves you, hates that he's given you grace, and he will continue to try to falter the plan that God has for your life. And so when we sin, there's an accuser. I want to even invite my brother, Pastor Mike, up to the stage with me right now. And I'm going to ask you to go ahead and, man, you got your own little, your own little crew. But if you wouldn't mind, would you, would you go ahead and even play the role of the accuser in this case? right? Like, I just want to uh, envision what this may look like as an illustration. and it looks like we're about to do a battle up here, right? Dun, 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 dun. Jackets are coming off, right? You know, when, when we're when we're born, when we're born, we we're born. We come out of the womb, and I just believe that we just get this fresh, brand new, clean, icy white, crispy tea, All right, I love a good white T-shirt. It only lasts so long, right? And me being a dad of six years old, three years old, two years old, I've realized that the sinful nature occurs very early, right? And before you know it, sin is on display, and you're like, I didn't even teach you that, right? But what happens is, you have an accuser, and the moment that first sin happens, he pulls out his scarlet checkbox marker, and he hits you with one of those. Bro, bro, calm down, I'm only five. (laughs) I'm only five years old right now. But what happened, you, you was a happy accuser, right? The devil was like, I can't wait to already, accuse him. Already. It's true. And then you get into middle school, and then all of a sudden you start seeing things you shouldn't have seen. Then you start to do more stuff that you shouldn't have done. And then you get into high school, and then they get a little bit bigger, and these stains are now on my back. And then you get into college, and then you get prouder. You're like, check out all my sins. Like, check out all my stains. Like, I'm, you're a sinner. I'm an even worse sinner than you, bro. Like, I got all types of past. And then you get into a moment in your life, and you look down, and you realize, I don't like this anymore. And then maybe even you hear a message that convicts you, and the reality is that this shirt can't get you into heaven. That in heaven, it's a place where there's no more sin, and there's no, there's no more missing God's mark, for you are there at the mark, and it's God and his glory, and it's and it's Jesus, but what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Isaiah chapter one, though your sins were as scarlet, he will make them as white as snow. When you receive Jesus, I'm gonna invite my brother Vashon to come up here on the stage with me right now. When you receive Jesus as the Lord and as the, come on, say it with me, the Savior. It's one thing to say Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I will follow you, you are the Lord of my life, but you're also the Savior who forgives me and saves me. When I miss it, what happens is Isaiah chapter 61. Can I put 61 on the screen? I love this verse of scripture right here. Isaiah 61 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because my soul shall exalt in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. The salvation that can only come from Jesus. My sins were once scarlet, but now they're white as snow. So what Jesus does when you receive him as savior, come on, hook me up, hook me up, brother. He, You're right there, you're like, oh, I'm such a sinner. I'm." I just, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, won't you save me? He comes over on top of you, right? And he just gives you one of these. What's happening right now, Jesus? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Dang, my sins are covered. Amen. I'm a new person. I'm cleansed. I'm free. What happened to all my stains? Jesus says, I paid for them on the tree. The message of Christmas is that Jesus has what it takes to pay for your past sins, your present sins, your future sins covered by the blood of Jesus at the cross of Calvary left in the grave that he rose from. And today you can say with confidence, no Satan, you can't accuse me of anything more. And even when you fall into sin now, His mercies are new every morning. His grace is lavished upon you. The blood of Jesus knocks off all of the stains. So today, I'm pleading with you, brother, sister, if you don't know Christ as the one who can save you from your sins, who can bring you up out of the grave, give you peace that surpasses all understanding, that today you would fall on your knees, hear the angels' voices, declaring that Jesus Christ is the Lord who can save us from our sins. There's never been a moment where Jesus has loved you more than right now. That you could have came in here with all of your brokenness, sin and shame, feeling like I just I know I'm a Christian, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. Hey, that's okay. Because Jesus has declared through his blood, whether you feel that way or not, it doesn't really even matter because you are. Because you are forgiven. You are cleansed. That he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you and give you a new, every day you wake up, brand new white t-shirt on. Mercies are new, grace is new. He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. You see in the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, you see this lost son go off, squander his wealth, sleeping with prostitutes, living with pigs. To a Hebrew, that's a bad situation. He comes back home, he thinks I'll just be a slave. The father runs to him and clothes him with a new robe, declaring you're a son. I've never loved you any less than I do. I never loved you any more than I do right now. And you need to be reminded, Christian, you need to be reminded that today God loves you. Yeah. And if you're far from God today, God loves you. And that's what Christmas is all about, amen? I, I recently heard a testimony of a lady in our church who got invited to Christmas at Walk last year at the Walk Church warehouse. We weren't even sure if we were gonna be able to meet, and we just, we chose to do it and a lady in our church named Christina, she said, you know what? If I could get one thing for Christmas, she asked her sister to join me at Christmas at Walk." And what God has done in this young lady's life since that decision to join her sister is really special. I want you to watch this video right now.
1: My name is Bianca, I'm from Las Vegas. Last year, 2020, Christmas Eve, my sister Christina invited me to Christmas with Walk. She mentioned that the only thing she wanted for Christmas was for me to attend, and so me and my daughters attended Christmas Eve that year. At that time, I didn't have a relationship with God or know much of Him. I grew up in a Catholic home, didn't attend church much. At that time, I was surrounded by a very bad group of people, uh, which caused me to find fulfillment in all the wrong places. In doing so, I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter at a very young age, right before high school, and caused me to grow up really fast. So over the next 15 years, it has definitely been a journey. There has been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of trials that I've been put in um, within filled relationships and trying to uh, balance life with three daughters. Uh, Which leads me to Christmas Eve. My sister invited me and at that time I didn't think I needed God. Um, But Pastor Hayden said something that night that really resonated with me. He said something along the lines, Life will never make sense to you until you recognize who you were made by and who you were made for. And if you give glory to God, you will receive peace.
0: So good. and I
1: recognized that I didn't have peace I've never felt peace and that is something that I wanted to feel come on. so I decided to come back I attended church on Sundays I was going to prayer nights on Wednesday at the warehouse and I also got invited to my first charge group I went to Mike Bussie's charge group and I built relationships I found community I decided to give more to the church so I started serving I became part of 412 and from there I decided to get baptized so I got baptized I gave my life to Christ and continuing to go down this journey with him and building my relationship with Jesus I didn't have peace then but I have peace now
0: Amen, praise the Lord, so good, amen, amazing, man, getting me all emotional right now, Uh, praise God for our sister Bianca's story, who I believe she's in the room, and I saw Christina over here, Christina, thank you for inviting your sister, and praying all those years for that moment, the power of an invite, amen, could transpire into a lot, and maybe you got invited to this night, we honor you, we see you we're praying for you to experience the peace that Bianca shared about, the love that the Bible writes about, the the faithfulness that Jesus commits to us, that he promises us. And I wanna just say today, this Christmas Eve message, that the promises of tonight go into tomorrow, amen, and that they'll go into January, and you can celebrate Christmas every day (laughs) It'll live on. I love this quote, it's from Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, if we throw this quote up on the screen. Spurgeon, he talks about how the message of Christmas will will ring true. It's, it's a merry Christmas all the year round to a soul that has unstaggering faith in the promises of the blessed God. Every day is Christmas when you know you're forgiven. So today, I, 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 I'm excited to be in a room full of people that are forgiven. Not people that are perfect, not people that are experts in religion, but real people who have a real past, real sin, and yet real forgiveness. Amen. And we're on our way toward him. Today, if you don't know Jesus, I want to lead us in a prayer right now. I want to lead us in a prayer, and we'll get ready to close our service today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just pray in Jesus' name right now, we stop what we're doing on this Christmas Eve to bow at the King's feet. And I just pray that this message would pierce like a sword through the hearts of every person in the room that we would be able to hear your voice and respond in the depths of our heart. I want to invite everybody to pray with me right now. People that are far from God, people that are midway there with God, and people that are close and tight with God. Join me in this prayer if you receive it tonight. Just say, Jesus, I need you.
1: And I believe
0: that you came to save me. I believe you died for all of my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe in your Holy Spirit. I believe in your grace. I receive you tonight as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm no longer the old me. I'm the new me. I'm not walking backwards. I'm walking in victory. I'm walking forward, trusting you right now as my only Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, Amen. wow.